is Adam, and we had the opportunity to speak with Adrian Marcel over Zoom video. Adrian was born and raised in Oakland, California. He talks about that and how he got into music. He attended the Oakland School for the Arts. He was the second class to graduate from there. Uh, the school started in 2002, and he went in 2003. So it's an interesting story about the school. He talks to us about writing his first songs, eventually getting signed to Universal Republic, the massive success of his song 2AM, having to part ways with Universal Republic, putting out his first record on his own called Hashtag GMFU, and then his first record fully independently at the end of 2019 called 98th. He told us where he was when the pandemic hit and how that really gave him the opportunity to kind of push reset on everything he had going on. and the process of recording this new EP he has coming out where he was renting and renting out different Airbnbs and turning these Airbnbs into studios and getting different vibes, different influences from each Airbnb to put together this new record that's coming out. You can watch our interview with Adrian on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Adrian Marcel. My name's Adam, and this podcast is about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the, the new EP you have coming out. Nice. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Right on. Uh, born and raised in Oakland? Absolutely. East Oakland, to be exact. Okay, East Oakland. Talk to me about that. I lived up in the Bay Area for a little bit. I was on the radio up there for a while. What part? What part of uh, the Bay? I was in like Walnut Creek, so a little east uh, of you. Okay. <laughs> when I okay. lived there. Okay, gotcha. But I didn't gotcha. know anything about it at all when I moved up. I didn't know anything about. It. I'm from San Diego, Southern California. I never really spent much time. Yeah. In yeah. the Bay Area, and then when I moved up there, I was like, "Whoa, this is so big! Like it's crazy." Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's super spread out, man. You know what I mean? There's so many different areas, and I've lived in. Every part of the Bay, every part, every part of Oakland, uh, a little bit of Walnut Creek, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> every, everywhere, man. Um, and that's that's kind of helped me be, you know, pretty versatile and, and, and easy to adapt anywhere. You know what I'm saying? But sure. um, I was born and raised East Oakland, um, High Street for a lot of years, moved over to 98th, man. You know, um, and that's really where a lot of a lot of my game and experiences sort of came from, you know, especially with the girls and that that kind of led to me wanting to sing and 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 do this music thing for real, you know, because I just I always saw how entertaining um, touched people, you know, how it made people feel, how it made me feel looking at people, you know, being engaged with me. So, you know, um, I think East Oakland kind of gets a, a bad rep. Oakland in general gets a bad rep sometimes, you yeah. know, because beautiful city. Pretty, I mean, it is pretty rough. You know what I yeah. mean? But I feel like that's anywhere you go, man. Any any city, any place you go to, it's got its ups, it's got its downs. You know, it's got its areas you want to be careful in. You know, of course. Um, I mean, San Francisco has a ton of those areas. Come man, on, come on, man. Rep. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard to be like like this one place is is hella bad. Is you know, but I think with with Oakland, you know, it really taught me, you know, to just be aware. You know, always be aware of my surroundings, what's going on you know, kind of thinking ahead, you know, not just not just being oblivious all the time, man. So, you know, it's taught me to really just be cognizant of everything that's going on around me at all times, you know. So, again, coming from Oakland, growing up in that type of, type of environment, 
going other places, I use that when I go. You know, I, I didn't been to some some pretty horrible places around the world too, man. You know, sure. but, <laughs> but I've been able but I've been able to function and move around. You know, because you know the the rules are all the same, man. You know, you stick to what you know. You be yourself. You know, you be aware. You know, no showing out, and you know, you're good. Yeah, man, I love Oakland. I love. I used to go hang out around Lake Merritt. Like beautiful. I mean, a oh, lot of that yeah. is is. Oh yeah, yeah. Lake Merritt is the spot, man. I got so I got so many memories, man. I think a lot of girls got that walk around around the lake to get it you know what i mean of course <laughs> such a it's a great spot a great spot oh, to take man. them especially <laughs> at night you got the lights going everything man. You, can get, <laughs> you can really do your romance thing you sure <laughs> sure oh, that's amazing well how did how did you get into music your parents uh, musical at all or brothers and sisters <laughs> you know my my pops man he, he he was in the entertainment field but okay but not really not really singing man he was an actor you know, oh, really? Up, yeah, man. And it was dope, man. I always heard about his story. He came up with Denzel and Delroy Lindo and wow. um, Danny Glover. Yeah, man. All these all these different people. But, you know, my pops, you know, he he, he liked the women, you know, and uh, yeah. he, he's a little Rolling Stone kind of, you know, so um, had a lot of kids, man. So he had to really make a, a, a decision uh, on what sure. he wanted to do if he was going to, you know, keep going and lose his family or if he was going to put 100% there and you know luckily he did fortunately he did you know mm -hmm. and um still was able to be very successful man and um able to give me game as I came up because he saw it young in me you know um music has kind of been something that I don't know man since I was young it touched me it it had me feeling a certain way it you know it moved me and again like I said seeing how other people would react to me entertaining, you know, that, that, that drug, man, just, just took, took me on and I couldn't stop, you know, and I think he saw that. So he still applied all those things that he learned and uh, mistakes that he made and gave them to me, you know, to, mm -hmm. to make sure that I didn't do the same thing. And um, my mother was very adamant young with me about seeing that I love music. So she was like, man, if you like music so much, you're going to do it 24 seven. You're not going to be out here in these streets. You're not going to be out here just doing whatever, you know? So I was in, um, I was in young musicians programs. I was going to charter schools that were like, everything's from eight to five thirty, straight music and academics every day, man. I mean, I gave, I gave a lot of my youth to the craft, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why today I think I'm able to um, do it so well. You know, I have such a passion for it, you know, and I give them all the credit, man. They really worked as a team when it came to um, helping me elevate and mm -hmm. and and kind of just nourishing that that interest that I had, you know, so nobody really had it. I can't say that I got it from anybody particular. I really believe, man, if you do something enough, you do it a lot. You're going to start getting good at it, man, you know, and. I, I don't have I'm not like the Christina Aguilera stories, man, where you where you look back at at the videos and you're like, and that boy was sounding good at six. No, I was sounding <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> but, I don't know, man. I just kept doing it. I just kept sure. doing it, man. I had a love for it. I loved, um, you know, Usher and Genuine and and, you know, people like that. All I would listen to their songs. I'm like, oh, man, again, it started off about the Mackin. You know what I mean? I was trying to mac on all the girls, you know, so let me sing. The these songs. You know what I mean? And then, and I don't know, man, the passion just grew and it, it, it got to a point where I, I had to make a decision and get serious, especially if I'm giving 
all of these years to it, you know? Mm -hmm. You went to, you attended uh, Oakland School of the Arts, correct? Yeah, yeah, for high school. Oh, okay. So you went there in high school and that's, you went what? Oh, I, I did see you went in 03 and that yeah. school was like yeah. really new at that time, right? It had only yeah, it was only, it's, it's funny, man. I was just having a conversation with one of my old alumni uh, yesterday, matter of fact. And uh, it, it started off, the, the school opened in 2002 and they opened with one grade and that was ninth grade. So every year they stacked on a new grade. Oh, yeah, another grade. Yeah. So it went from 100 kids to 200 to 300 to 400. And then once it got to the full high school, um, uh, ninth through 12, then they added six through through eight. Oh, so they did add the grade. So okay, they, had, they added grade school later on, which was kind of which for me was kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> I was trying to be around the little kids, but. <laughs> You know, but I, I I still think that being at that school, especially with the first year, only 200 kids, man, it was like a village. It wasn't like uh -huh. a normal high school where, you know, you have a bunch of cliques and you have um, enough, enough, enough kids there where everybody is kind of not involved in everybody's stuff. You know, with our with our school, it was like a family, uh -huh. you know, so we were living kind of grown in high school. You know what I mean? It was it was. um again, eight to five thirty, it was almost, it was damn near all year round, man, you know, because they had extensions, you know, like I said, the young musicians programs and UC Berkeley, things mm -hmm. like that. So there was extensions that they had, you know, that if you were in labor terms, if you were dope, you were, you were, you got thrown in all of these different extra things. And for me, it was, it was 24 seven all year round, man. But I loved it though, because especially now, because I feel like I'm able to do this job this way, uh, this professional, you know, because of what they taught me. I mean, literally, sure. literally everything I do today, we were doing in high school. It was, we weren't living like high school kids, man. We were, we, they were treating us like y'all already professionals. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of schools that do that, especially no. nowadays. No. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, um, the school has has kind of been turned into more of, um, I mean, they they've started they started trying to adjust it. You know what I mean? Like because mm -hmm. of everything that's going on in the city right now. You know, before to get into school, you had to audition. You know, you had to um, go through a process and everything. And now they've taken the audition process out. So now oh, it's really? just kind of letting kids in, man. Yeah. So it's. It's it's gone through a lot of changes since we were there, but um, I think that I, I'm just blessed and lucky that when I was there, you know, there was a certain curriculum and there was a certain standard that that was set, you know. Sure. And, you would think and that they would want to keep that, right? I mean, that, if you yeah. go and audition, you obviously have the passion to want Man. to pursue that. And that's what that's like, what I that's what I say. That's yeah. what I say. I mean, for us, again, you're talking about 300, 400 kids, nine through twelve. These were the the cream of the crop, you know. Right. There were there were there were a lot of kids auditioned, and and uh, out of out of the three four hundred kids that would audition, like I said, a hundred would get picked. So if you messed up, that next person waiting to get into the school was like, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it was always like being on your toes. Right and now, all, it's kind of like you just handed it right. Yeah, it was high school. <laughs> you know? yeah, That's yeah. A, what did you do for the audition process? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget it, bro. Um, 
I auditioned for two for two different for two different things. I auditioned for theater and I auditioned for um uh for vocal. Okay. And with vocal music, <laughs> I stayed up I stayed up for two nights with my with my pops working on a song and uh, was was hella funny is he was sold on me singing John B. Don't stop, baby, just groove with me. <laughs> Take a sip, <laughs> get you feeling jiggy. You know what I mean? And I practiced this song for three days straight. I got into the audition. I stood before four judges, you know, the dean, a couple of the main teachers in there. And um, I was so nervous, man, but I started singing the song and I probably got three or four words out. And the dean stopped me and was like, hold on. He looked at my sheet and he was like, sing, uh, sing, um, lift every voice. I'm like, uh, all right, you know what I mean? So I just started, I'm like, I don't know all the words, <laughs> but I know enough, so I started singing it. He stopped me, he was like, good job, all right, thank you. I was like, uh, I don't think I got in, yeah. you know? Um, so I was kind of worried. Then the next week I had to do the theater audition uh -huh. and um, my pops really worked with me on that one. And we did um, Mark Anthony. Um, oh wow! Yeah, we did. We did uh, Mark Anthony, um, and it was crazy because that was the first time that I realized that I maybe acting is something I could do. You know, because I was just trying. He he forced me to try. He's like, "Look, I'm an actor. You're gonna try. You're gonna audition for theater." I went in there, man, and the same dean. After I was done, he stopped me. He was like, "So, what do you like doing more? You like singing or you like acting?" And I was like, "After this audition, I like acting." You know, and, yeah, I remember telling him and um, I got in for both. You know, they, wow. let me, they let me in for both. But you can only do you can only do one emphasis. You have to do one for three years. So I had a year to figure it out. Okay. And at okay. first I was in acting and in theater and the teachers started throwing out all of these different like essays and like, you know, work, work papers that were like just overboard from me i'm like what is this all ski and I'm, i mean what what is this stuff i'm like oh no i'm going up to vocal music <laughs> i'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here <laughs> and that's how i ended up doing vocal for three years because i was like nah the acting thing is it's too difficult but no matter what i did even though i was in vocal every year i was in the musicals every year oh, i wow. was in the plays and stuff so i still got the best of both while i was there that's amazing. And yeah. when did you when did you start writing your own songs? Shoot, I started writing my own songs probably 10th grade. Oh, know? wow. Okay. Yeah, probably about 10th grade. I mean, because you're around all these musicians, man. You're around all of these talented individuals. You watching people on the piano creating songs and creating music. You like, oh, man, I'm not going to get left out. You know, I can't I can't be behind. So, you know, at the same time, I was I was playing piano. I was messing around with diff other instruments and things, you know, and um, I formed a band and we called ourselves uh, John A. John A. John A. Okay. John A. Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know. Don't ask me where the name came from. It's <laughs> like, it sounds good. Sure, it and, does. Uh, it's a good name. Yeah. And then every, every uh, Wednesday and Friday, we would rehearse at my house. So we would come up to the house. We would set up in the living room and we would just jam out. We would write songs. You know, I would, throughout the week, I would, I would go through things and create music. And then when we would get together, I'd bring it to the band. They would start, you know, putting a funk on it. And after a while, man, we started going out 
and uh, hustling to get gigs, man. So we were we were at these venues when we weren't supposed to be. We was the youngest thing in there, and mm-hmm. and they let us audition to show what we could do. And then they would give us a slot, like make us like a resident performer, you know, like, all right, wow. well, y'all come in every Thursday night and y'all perform. So every week we would just practice to uh, to do new records and we would go in there and you would see all of these old school folks and, oh, you know, OGs and everything in there macking while we while we doing our songs. And they'd be coming up like, OK, youngsters, OK, y'all doing your thing, you know, so it was. um. Again, yeah, just all all of the elements around me, you can't help but to be creative like that and start, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to elevate the craft, man. And that grew, that just grew into everything we see today, man. Just, you know, constantly writing, constantly producing. Yeah. Okay. And f- from that band, what you you obviously broke off and started working on, on some solo stuff. Yeah. You put out a record in 2013 yeah. that did amazing. I mean, you get a yeah. gold single off the album. Yeah, what was Thank the, what was in the interim there between that band and putting out that mixtape? Uh, you know, honestly, man, it's, I, I learned early, man, it's, it's tough to, to, it's tough for you to give the same passion to every, all these other people around you. You know what I mean? Everybody doesn't have the same visions. Everybody doesn't, want the same things you know for some people it was like this is a good time for some people this is like this is something to kill time you know for me this was this is what i wanted to do you know i knew that since i started the school you know and um so we we broke off and from there you know i started to i started to just find my way look for different studios to work out of man i hooked up with um a cat named jamie hawkins who's a part of the hawkins family very very legendary family for, for gospel music you know mm-hmm. walter hawkins um and lynette hawkins and stuff um and that's who really kind of taught me how to record that's who taught me how the elements and, and and what it takes you know and um from there then i ended up you know hooking up with my first manager yancey richardson and uh, he brought me out to atlanta we started we started recording you know i was supposed to be out there for 30 days man and uh come back and i ended up living out there for five six years <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I never. <laughs> I remember. I remember my my mom was like, uh, you know, all right, well, thirty days, you'll be back. When 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 we got this set up, da, da da da. And I remember calling her like, you know what? I don't think I'm coming back. I'm uh, I'm looking for an apartment right now. <laughs> you know? So, but it was cool, man. And that and and that led to my first deal with Universal Republic. Uh-huh. You know, um, and we started working work with Rafael Sadiq worked mm-hmm. with all, all these different super legendary people, man. And, and uh, we formed seven days a week, you know, and that kind of was the kickoff mixtape. That was my first actual, out of all the music that I had always done, that was my first project. You know, wow. I had never, yeah, I had never, I had never did a project. We always talked about it, even with the band and, and all that, but, you know, working on a project is something different. You know, you, sure. you t- it takes a lot more than just kind of recording songs, you know? And that's when I learned that out in Atlanta. And um, and then after that came 2 a.m. And I didn't personally like the record, but you know, the the guys who were a part of writing it, you know, they came out from uh, I think Minneapolis. They mm-hmm. they flew out and they were like, look, we hear you out to record this record. You know, everybody thinks it's a hit. And uh, I ended up doing it and they was right. It became a hit. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, I can't be mad. You know, shout out to Krishan, shout out to Kyle, shout out to um, Aunt, Aunt Frank's man. They they did their thing with that record for sure. 
Wow. And did, yeah. after, like, did that really change your career, putting out that song? Or were you kind of already on that path? I mean, obviously working, you're kind of mentored through what, Rafael Sadiq, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, hooked, we hooked up with Ray right before 2 a.m. So for me, I was already elevating, you know, but I, mm -hmm. I would be rude if I didn't, if I said that, you know, 2 a.m. definitely didn't take it up. You know, it was, sure. it was a change that I didn't really get to see. I didn't really get to see it because I was on the road, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was on the road with Kelly Rowland in the Dream. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was like my first tour. We were, we were going all the way around. And right before that tour ended, we recorded 2 a.m. And we sent it off to the label. And then I ended up jumping on with Keisha Cole for her tour. And while we were on Keisha Cole is when we started to perform 2 a.m. Okay. And were you seeing like a response I right away? Yeah, because I didn't know it was out. Oh, I'm wow. I'm worried about, yeah, man, I'm worried about you know, clothes for, for the next show. I'm worried about all these different things, pl uh, flights, and, and, you know, we're driving, everything. Uh -huh. And it started off where nobody knew the record. And then by the time we got to the eighth or ninth show, people were singing the song. And I'm like, how do they know this song? Like, I don't know <laughs> what's going on. And, um, and, and that, that's really what it was, man. We really started just hustling the record out there, just performing it everywhere I went. And uh, when I got back home is when I knew how real it was because when I got back to, to, to the Bay, it was like everyone knew me and I didn't know, and I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. And it was, it was, it was a big record. It was so big right. that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it. I didn't know it. I didn't know it got to top four on the charts. I didn't know nothing man because i was so focused on man performing and getting out there i thought that you get out there and you hustle it but while we were doing that the song was hustling itself so mm -hmm. you know i got to see what it was like for a label to push the button and uh really put the budget behind you know so sure. that's, that twin was definitely the takeoff wow and from from that record and and putting out that second mixtape was the, the, the full length record came next, right? Hashtag GMFU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we started out with 2 a.m. And, you know, again, it was a, it was a great record. But unfortunately, uh, with, with Universal Republic, uh, they were going through a switch at the time. I don't know if you remember, but uh, Lord had a Royals had just dropped. Yes. Gautier um, had uh, somebody that I used oh, to know. Somebody used to know. Yeah, sure. all, of these, all of these records had just started to drop. And the label decided to take a switch in their direction, you know, in their focus. So honestly, the, the whole entire urban department got, got eliminated, you know? Wow. And yeah. Yeah. So it was a change in sound wave, man. And, um, you know, unfortunately we were the last to get let go, mm -hmm. um, because we had 2am working, but for them, you know, they were just like, man, we're, we're trying to, we, we really want to work this angle. And mm -hmm. I could see that they were trying to lead me that way. And for me, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't going to work. And, you know, we were able to shake hands and walk away. You know, I didn't get, put, I didn't get no bounty put on my head. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get put on a shelf or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. So it was all good. You know, I walked mm -hmm. away, I walked away clean slate. I was good. 
And um, from there, that's when I did GMFU. That was my first sort of um, independent project. Right. You know, I, I had worked with distribution, but, you know, uh, Raphael and I and Yance and um, a couple of the people, we, we still locked in to make sure that, you know, that the, the, the music didn't lose its, its caliber. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it still, it still was high tier, still was, you know, great sound. And, um, it still did a lot of great things, man. Um, you know, we, we toured off of it. That was my first headlining tour, man, which was super exciting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and, uh, and then from there, I think that started to teach me that I wanted to really focus on, you know, kind of knowing more about the business, knowing more than I was. Cause like I said before, man, I was focused on just getting out there and doing the job, you know, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't focused on the behind the scenes. I wasn't paying attention to royalties and mechanicals and copyrights and all of these other elements that go into, you know, your craft, you know? And um, so I decided, I decided to pretty much take a step back and, you know, go fully, fully independent because I felt like I was leaning on a lot of people, you know? That's and, amazing. And, yeah, yeah, and I didn't want to do that. So that's when my when my next project, 98th, came out, you know, and that was me coming back home. You know, I moved back to, to the Bay so that I could really get back to the soil, um, really kind of connect with some people that I hadn't in a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I created 98th. It was my first, it was my first project, even, even after GMFU that, I actually was a part of the entire um, creation of it from the, the vibe, the theme, you know, the graphics, the, the music. I started producing more. So I produced 80 percent of 98, you know. Um, wow. It, yeah. So it, it really was a, a step up for me just mentally. And, and I really, you know, learned about registering, learned about, you know, PROs, learned about all of these things that so many of us artists, man, we don't pay attention to. Because, you know, we're, we're more invested, again, in the limelight and the, the fame and the stardom and all of that. But, you know, for me, I, it, it became more aware that if you want to you really want to have longevity, man, you got to really have all your ducks in order with these records, too. You know, one record could take care of you forever, you know, and um, that's when I started to really just wrap my mind around being um, a business and a brand rather than just an artist. An artist you know? on a label. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And that makes a lot of sense now, especially in these current times. Right. I mean, yeah, labels are great, but if you already have the numbers and they're coming to you, it's like, well, exactly. Exactly. Instead of what are you going to do for me is what, what, I mean, instead of what can they do for you? It's like, what can they, you No, you got it. What can you do? What can I do do for you? What can you do for me? You know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I just wanted to create more leverage for myself, man. You know, it was about, it wasn't, you know, I think a lot of artists get bitter sometimes and, you know, it becomes a war against the labels. I I don't have no problem with labels. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not that. I think if you come prepared, if you come in the right space, and you come with the with the right leverage, you know, you can have a, a great marriage with a label, you know, mm-hmm. especially if if they really understand the artistry, if they understand the vision and they're willing to um, they're willing to co coexist and co-work. You know, um, I think sometimes artists come with no vision and, you know, they just come with the talent. So, you know, you you kind of have to respect the fact that these labels want so much because they're putting so much in. 
you know, and, and for me now it's, again, it's, it's, it's no, it's no slight to labels or nothing like that. I'm not ever saying that I wouldn't, I wouldn't get back on a label, but I am saying that I wouldn't get back on a label the same way I did. You know, sure. it would, it would be, a, it, it's a lot of growth that has happened since then. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I understand. I mean, it's just like in relationships, anything like that, man, you know, you gotta, you gotta start off with, you know, with some, with some bad ones, some, some bad ducks, you know, to, to know what's good for you and what works for you. You know, you learn what's not for you and you learn what is. And now throughout this time, you know, um, being, a, being in the, in the business sense of, of this now, I understand it. Now I get it, you know? So, um, it, it's not about independent or, you know, signed and nothing like that. For me, it's just about, you know, building great relationships and good marriages with, with great resources. That's it. I love that. With yeah. uh, that being said, you put that record out in 2019. Was it towards the end of the year? Like, where did the pandemic fall with the? Yeah, of the I put out. I put out uh, a couple records, man. I put out a record called Nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. at the um, the end of 2019, going into 2020, and um, we actually had just started tour. So I, I had again stepping to stepping my game up. Not mm-hmm. not. Um, not leaning on nobody. I started to do everything that I wasn't doing even then. So I went in as much as to be like, you know, I want to put a tour together myself. I want to, I want to book it. I want to, you know, go through all of the different press. I want to hit up the people that, that I know and all that. And we started picking up a lot of wave, man. You know, it was great. We started out with three shows. And by the time we got to the first one, we ended up having nine and then by the time we got to the fifth show, we had about 15 shows lined up. So, I mean, it was, wow. it was building it was growing, up. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was growing and the show was dope, you know? Um, and then we got back and I started to, I started to shoot the videos. So I shot about five videos in three days and, uh, wow. Right before, yeah. before anything had shut down before. No, I'm talking about literally I finished March 12th. Oh man. March 13th, everything. You were like prepared for this. I was prepared, man. I mean, with all the content. Well, I was prepared, (laughs) but I wasn't prepared for how deep it was going to get. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I was prepped, but I didn't know it was going to be such a shutdown like that. Because Mm -hmm. for me, the bread and butter was going out there and touring and performing and and still getting to the people, you know? Sure. So when that shut down, man... I had to make a real decision whether I was going to strain myself and, and, and try to force it. Or if I was just going to literally say, you know what, this is a calling. This is, um, this is bigger than me. I need to stop. I need to wait. I need to see what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. cause you know, I, I, I got kids, I got family that I'm around all the, you know, now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, me, I want to go out there and be like, I'll face it. But I had to worry about them too. So, for me, I, I, I started to put out videos, man, but I just saw how the world was going. It was the pandemic, but then it was George Floyd. But mm-hmm. then it was these other things that were happening. You know what I mean? The police brutality, the, you know what I mean? All this, these, these racial things that were happening, mm-hmm. the Trump, the Trump situations and all of that. So I really had to take a hard, a hard thought and say, all right, well, are people listening? And especially, are they listening to what I'm talking about in this particular music? You know, I felt like I didn't want that music to go just skipped over, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like that's what was happening. I was watching it happen to other artists. I'm, 
So I really just took a hard sit. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to really, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to reset. And I did, you know, all of 2020, man, I didn't do, I didn't do any music. I didn't really after March. I didn't do no music. I didn't do no studios. I, I didn't do anything, man. I didn't even produce anything. I didn't even open up my, my laptop to get on pro tools or logic or none of that, you know, um, not was it just like an uninspired thing or you just wanted to let kind of the I, well i think it was a little bit it was it was a mixture man i was a little uninspired but at the same time i think that there were things going on in my in reality for me outside of the music mm-hmm. that i hadn't paid attention to you know sure. so there were things like my daughter was falling behind in school there were mm-hmm. um you know uh, uh i had just had my son and, and i'm like all right well you know, I have these things going on in life, you know, taxes and all, you know, I mean, right, I mean, right. a ton of stuff, man. Credit. Yeah. Adulting. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm like, so <laughs> exactly. Adulting, man. And I always remembered being on the road and being stressed out because it's like, oh, man, my license just got suspended. Well, how did your license get suspended? Because I've been on the road. I didn't pay. I didn't go to court. <laughs> I didn't, right, right. Of I didn't, course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So th- yeah. there were things like that that always happened when I would be on tour. And at that moment in 2020, I told myself, man, I'm about to fix all of this stuff. You know, I got to work with my daughter. I got to be here. Distance learning was going on. You oh, know, man, dude, I got two you know, kids. I, I feel you on that. Bro, nonsense. I mean, so your, your house becomes school. You know right. what I mean? Oh, and it's crazy. I, and then on top of that, I had just bought a house. I had bought property at the end of 2019. So I had planned on building my house within four or five months. And then oh, that man. hit and shut us down and all this. You know what of I mean? Course. So I was still dealing with trying to get this house built, trying to get my kids together, trying to get my taxes in order credit and all these other things. And for me, it was like, how can I do all of these things and still give a real effort to this music? Sure. You know? And um I mean, I just, I just, I prayed about it. And um, the vibe that I got was to stop, to sit back, focus, because it, for me, it was okay. Cause it was like, everything shut down. It's not right. like I'm the only one stopping and the world is still going. Mm-hmm. Everybody's stopping, you know? So I took it on the chin and all of those things, man, started to fix it, started to get fixed, man. My taxes, my credit, you know, my kid, my daughter started to catch up. She started soaring in the class, you know, um, and, I, and I got to be a part of that. I got mm-hmm. to I got to, you know what I mean? And that ultimately, I feel like is what started to inspire me to get back, because, you know, you know how it is like you do one thing and you succeed in it. You know, your confidence level goes up. You do another thing, you succeed. Confidence level goes up. So now you're at a place where, you know, you're fully confident. And um, it was the end of 2020. It was it was uh, December. And I finally told myself, man, all right, it's time. I got to get back in the studio. I got to start working again. I talked to my family. I let them know, like, look, I know y'all ain't got real accustomed to me being around and being <laughs> here. I said, but I'm about to get real serious. So, uh-huh. you know, um, more serious than I've ever been. So. With that being said, everybody just get ready for the ride, you know, because I'm about to I'm about to go for it, you know, and um, and just like just like that, I, I got in the studio, I started working. Um, and I think that when you start making those steps, you know, the proper steps to what you want, to your goals, you know, I feel like the universe, uh, God, whatever, whatever you believe in, you know what I mean, that keeps you motivated, that keeps you going forward. I feel like that's that started to to bring people and other things into my life 
that that were um, that were going to help those goals happen and be get accomplished, man. You know, I started working with a new team. You know, um, I hooked up with my boy Sonny B at CRSB, extremely talented songwriter, singer, um, producer. Uh, Ren Nicole, same thing. I mean, all these people that I started getting with, we just locked in, man. And top of 2021, I started I started renting out Airbnbs and flipping them in the studios. So oh, wow. we, yeah, man. So we would go get like four a four bedroom, three or four bedroom spot with a big yard or just something, something that would that had like some sort of like vibe to it, you know? Right. And man, if these people would have came into their house and seen what we were doing to it, <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about we taking furniture outside, we putting it out on the deck. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, so we we flipped it into a into a studio, and it became a creative house. So you would have four or five videographers, three or four photographers, five producers, different writers other artists it would be people just showing up i mean it became like listening parties and all kind of stuff that we would do and we would get in those houses for about four days and we would come out with about seven records and they would be like and a lot of those records are the records that you know of course that i'm pushing today like the new single i got you got you you know the next single that we got coming out next month um i mean we we really just formed a new sound in my opinion for me and and something that I hadn't heard in a while. I haven't heard in a while, you know, and it just brought me back to that, that real love that I have for R&B, man. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, my R&B, my R&B is like that Jodeci, Genuine, you know what I mean? It's like, sure. it's a little rugged. It's a little, it's a little ratchet, you know what I'm saying? But it's still the essence of rhythm and blues. You know, and um, luckily, again, I, you know, the universe, will, when you know what you want and when you're putting those proper steps in, the universe puts you and surrounds you around other like minded individuals that may be going through the same thing, that maybe want the same things. And um, we all just locked in and we became a tribe. And 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 that's what I that's what I call our, our whole situation out of vibe tribe, because it's, like it's, it's a it's a crate every time we link, every time we work it's there, there are, there are no misses, man. It's just, it's, it's music that I feel like I've wanted to make for so long, but I think it it took being around the right people and, and, and different, you know, people who have different talents and different um, expertise, but it all just formed um, something new, you know, and um, it was a good timing for it, man. I think I needed that 2020 to really just, you know, um, just let, let everything go, let everything go, man. Right. And then come back brand new instead of trying to constantly regurgitate or, you know what I mean? Just kind of keep tweaking. Nah, it's nothing to tweak, throw that away, restart, you sure. know? And uh, that's what it's been for me. That's amazing. And with yeah. the, with the EP, would you say a lot of the songs are from the different Airbnbs and were they yeah, like, yeah, and did yeah. you get, I'm sure you got a different vibe from each one and like, does oh, yeah. that come out a little bit in the record? Oh yeah, absolutely. The first one, the first Airbnb we did, man, was, um, it's, it's crazy because it was called an art house. So the lady who owned it, Lena, um, she, when we went in there, her entire house was 
was like an art house, man. It was just like uh, uh, art pieces and things that she created and built like from her light fixtures and everything, her couches, all her furniture, she built it, she created it. And um, wow. I think that set the tone for us because when we got in there, it didn't matter what room you went into, where you were, it was a vibe. It was like, man, this is, this is crazy. This room is the orange room. This room is the, is the, the blue room. This room, I mean, every, everything gave you a different feel, man. And I think that kicked it off. And the next one we went into, we called it the Annabelle house because it was like the Amityville horror. Like mm-hmm. it was oh, one okay. of them old school. It was one of them like old school Venetian yeah, like, type houses. Sure. And, it was so scary, man, because it's like a horror bedroom, film. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. I remember when I got there, I was like, oh, man, we might have got the wrong place. I'm like, I feel like something going to get us in here. Like in my bedroom, there was like a crib. There was an old school crib. That's like, creepy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, real creepy. Yeah. So everybody slept downstairs. Like nobody <laughs> together. Nobody, everybody <laughs> slept together downstairs. Yeah. And um. And there was even a basement. I remember somebody being like, yo, we got a basement here. I'm like, lock that thing up. (laughs) We don't never need to go in the basement. (laughs) We never go in there, you know? But even then, I got you was was created there, you know? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And um, because at the same time, the outside, there was just this immaculate view and trail of just wilderness and and, and just, I mean, it, it was beautiful outside, man. And I think that kind of sparked us on that tip to start to start kind of writing something that was um, romantic, but still had somewhat of a harder twist to it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that came from the house because we're trying to be romantic right now, but we still getting these, you know, Annabelle vibes <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, absolutely. I think all of the records took the life of, the Airbnbs that we were in at the time. Yeah, that's amazing. What what uh, part of the country were you in? Oakland? Where yeah, so was, uh, we, all we, did, we did two in the Bay. We did one in L.A. Um, and even now, like it's it's a thing still for us. So we have oh, a cool. couple, we have a couple that are that are mapped out, man. You know, I know for me, I really I kind of want to take it everywhere, man. I want to go do some things in New York. I want to do some things in you know uh, uh, Miami. I, I mean, you know, different. I think. I've learned that these different environments, these different spaces open up different things in us that, you know, that, you know, the places can't, you know, I just want to take all the vibes that I can, man, and, and create um, with no limit, you know, just create with no limit, man. I mean, especially the fact that at this point, I think one thing that ultimately changed with me was that I'm willing to work with more people before I was very closed in working with just the team. Now, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we're so locked in that it's like, nah, everybody come in because we're going to do what we do regardless. And you got to fit mm-hmm. into that. You know what I mean? And if you dope and if you ain't got no ego, then you're going to be able to be a part of the vibe tribe. It's, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. That's amazing. And you said you have another record coming out next month. Uh, yeah, and then man. what, a full EP? Yeah, yeah, from a full EP, we call him the EP Marcel. You know, in my opinion, um, I, I spent a lot of time, like I said, working on myself and elevating, evolving, you know, and there's, there's been sides that I haven't showed my audience, you know, about myself. And I feel like, you know, with this type of growth and especially with where the world has gone, you know, it's no better time than now to be who you are, 
you know, to that. accept all parts of yourself, your flaws, your, your imperfections, you know, the things that you fear you might not want people to know is I, I, I want to be as real as possible, you know, for my audience. And I feel like they haven't they haven't fully got that from me. And I feel like this music now is really um, is really an open book now to to just my thoughts, my vibes, my feels, man. You know what I mean? I always say my audience hasn't seen it yet, but I, I think they're going to I think they're going to rock with this dude. You know, awesome. they're going to rock with Marcel. Well, I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. I mean, I really, I really like the the first single you released. I got you, so I can't wait to hear the Ooh, rest of it. Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah. That. yeah, and to kind of piggyback on what you were just talking about, I have one more question for you. I want to know if you have any advice to aspiring artists. Absolutely, I feel like, especially like I said, in today, you know, really lock in with yourself before you do anything else. Before you, before you try to go out and achieve all these. Um, somewhat outlandish goals that us as artists create in our minds and, and create for ourselves, you know, really lock in with who you are, know the brand, you know, know the story. What is the story? What is, what does it look like? What is it? What does it sound like? You know, um, you're a brand, you know, it's not just about you being an artist and you making music, you know, you are a walking billboard for what you want to represent. It's bigger than you. And um, for me, especially, you know, I, I spent a lot of time not being so focused on the end goal, but being more focused on um, the steps that it takes to start in that direction. You know, there's going to be, you always have to make room for error. You always have to make room for changes because the universe is going to change as you keep going. I mean, obviously we know with the pandemic and what's going on, but if you are set in who you are and what you want and how you are going to go about getting it, then no matter what happens, you will always be able to make those decisions and those moves based around this character or, you know, um, this persona that you've created or that you are naturally. So just be who you are, you know, stop, stop looking at other artists to give, to give you all the inspiration, you know, like create the inspiration, create the motivation, like create something different, you know, do something different be you. And, and I think that sometimes we start to, we start to think too deep, like being different means, oh, I got to go all the way left field to be different. Nah, it's the smallest thing. And, and if you, if you're naturally being yourself, those differences will start to come to the surface and you'll really, you won't even realize it, but, but your audience will, the people around you will, oh man, I, I can see the difference. I can see the growth, you know, don't be afraid to work with new people. Don't be afraid to try different things. Don't be so locked into one thing, you know, open your mind up and, and, and live in the moments, you know, live it, live for the moments. I think that's ultimately, I think that's what all of us should do is live for the moment.